Oh, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I, of course, am Mr. Warren Hayes. Thank you very much for popping in and listening to this uh, video right here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes or on your favorite podcast application, wherever good podcasts are consumed. You can consume my podcast, but maybe maybe not that way. Well, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Hey, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, thank you very much. If this is the first time you're here, well, uh, consider a subscription. That would be awesome. Join. I do live streams every week. It's always a good time. We talk about wrestling. It's fun. Talking about wrestling is fun. I really, really like doing that. So consider subscribing. Uh, also, leave a like. Leave a comment uh, right here uh, talking about whatever wrestling you want to talk about. Here's a topic for you. WrestleMania 32. I want to open up some discussion about WrestleMania 32. Leave a comment. What did you like? What did you not like? What was something that you thought was really awesome? Maybe something that you didn't care for as much. I review WrestleMania 32 in this podcast here. Not just WrestleMania 32. I also talk about Spring uh, Supercard of Honor uh, over the, uh, the Ring of Honor offering as well. That great FTR um, Briscoes match, which was absolutely amazing. Plus... On top of that, I also talk about uh, uh, last night's, uh, or this week's Dynamite, I should say. It's last night, but in this week, whenever you're what, look. I give it a review uh, as well. So there's a lot of cool stuff to talk about, uh, but I, I want to hear from you guys. So leave a comment, leave a like, subscribe. Thank you so very much. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, thank you so much. Reviews, five-star ratings, likes, subscriptions, follows, all that stuff is fantastic. Very easy ways to show some support. You can also show, show support, again, on YouTube. Probably the best way is to become a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel. You get to join me for the members-only live streams that we do. That's always a cool thing. And it's only just for members. So what are you waiting for? And also shows a little bit of support at the same time for me, so that's also cool. You can also follow everything that we're doing over on belltobells.com. That's B-E-T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S.com. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash bell to bells. And our Twitter is at bell to bells. Women's Wrestling Wire. If you like women's wrestling, that's the place you got to be. And also be sure to check out my other podcast, which is also available on the Mr. Warren Hayes YouTube channel and podcast spots, which is called Handshakes and Hand Dogs, uh, which I co-host with Sean Taggart as we break down the week in independent wrestling. It was a big week. Of course, uh, with the WrestleMania proceedings. So this week's episode had a lot of good stuff in it as well. So look, there's all sorts of stuff you can do. But in the meantime, you want to hear about pro wrestling right now. This is why you're tuning in. So why don't we go ahead and jump right in? Yeah, we're going to ease into things. We got to do. Look, I'm sticking. You can't say that I'm not sticking to my guns on this one here. My New Year's resolution I'm still on it. I haven't faltered. I'm still there. So again, this week, I bring you a nice thing that I'm going to say about Bill Goldberg. Here we go. Robin Hayes has 52 nice things to say about Goldberg. Look, not even The Undertaker could do it, okay? Bill Goldberg still has the longest, dullest WWE Hall of Fame speech. And it's not as if Undertaker didn't try to wrest it away from him. No, no, no. Goldberg is still number one. Good job. You did it, champ. Robin Hayes has 52 nice things to 
say about Goldberg? To the weekly wrestling inspection! All right, let's go. Uh, what should we start with? I think I'm going to start with WrestleMania. I think I'm going to go with Wrestle, 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 WrestleMania, which is an event that WWE puts on on a yearly basis. <laughs> Two nights! S S WrestleMania Saturday and WrestleMania Sunday. Don't you dare call them nights one and two. That's just... That's the you know that's bottom barrel. That's some that's pro wrestling stuff. Calling it WrestleMania Saturday and WrestleMania Sunday. That's some high level uh, exquisite sports entertainment. Okay, and make sure make sure you get that you get that all set up. All right, and and clear in your brain and because mm, mm, otherwise you know you know you're gonna get you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna drive away the casuals. You're gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna drive away the casuals. And guys and gals who are listening live right now, I am really excited to, to see your thoughts, to see in your what your thoughts are uh, in regards to these matches as I'm talking about them. I wanna hear what you guys thought of it. I always like, you know, I, I try to source, get some, you know, listen to the, the, the general populace, but um, I'm gonna try and I'm trying to see what I can do here. But before we do, I'm going to give a shout out to J.K. Schwal. Left a super chat. Thank you very much, J.K. Schwal. He says, going to SmackDown tomorrow night, you trooper. Please send help in advance. God bless you, J.K. Schwal. God bless. I hope you get to see Nikita Lyons' debut. Because apparently she's being called up. Good luck. Godspeed, man. And thank you for the super chat. All right. Um, Sa WrestleMania Saturday, uh, the better night of the two. I This was, you know, and and, and Kristen can, can attest to this. When we were talking about WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday, both of us, when I was looking at the card, I was like, you know what? Saturday is really the most interesting night. It's the most interesting night of the two. That's where all the really, well, interesting things are going to happen. Those the the most uh, the most uh, 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 special matches, and of course, you know the big rumors. Yeah, that that was the one that I felt had the most uh, had the most spice to it, and it turned out it was the spicier between the two. If uh, if uh, 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 Saturday was uh, was a um, a Portuguese style uh, chicken. Sunday was uh, unseasoned, uh, uh, unseasoned, uh, 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 steam cooked chicken breasts. That made a lot more sense in, in my head. I hope it made sense to you guys. Um, let's jump right in. SmackDown Tag Team Championship match uh, on Saturday had the Usos successfully retain their titles. Against Rick Booz and Shinsuke, Shinsuke, excuse me, Nakamura. Um, uh, Boogs was injured in this match, so perhaps they went to the finish a little faster than what was uh, scheduled. Uh, and if they did, well, they still managed to 
knock the New Day match off of the card regardless. Uh, so I don't think so. But uh, this was this was a very okay SmackDown match. Uh, Friday night SmackDown match. There was no reason for this to be on the card. And uh, it, it is something that happened. And uh, yeah. I'm going to talk about the Usos a little later. I'm going to I'm going to reserve a lot of Uso talk for later. But uh yeah, this this, you know. I don't think this was a very good opener. I really don't. Next match we had was Drew McIntyre defeating Happy Corbin. I guess the story here was that uh, Drew McIntyre kicked out of the end of days, the most protected finisher in all of world wrestling entertainment dumb. It is, uh, and uh, which prompted me to tweet out, and I, I was very proud of this tweet, but my analysis of this match finished like this. It ended up like this. Basically... Now that Drew McIntyre is kicked out of of, uh, uh, of the end of days, Drew McIntyre is the Kota Ibushi to Baron Corbin's Kenny Omega. And I'm very proud of that comparison. And I'm surprised, I'm surprised no one has come after me with pitchforks unless they really did understand the humor in it all. Um, which, uh, which would shock me <laughs> because it's, because, you know, <laughs> I mean, and, and I mean, th this was again, a another SmackDown match. I, I was looking at this and I was like, where, where are they? When are they going to turn this up? When is this going to dial up a notch? But it didn't. It was, it was a. Typical run-of-the-mill Friday Night SmackDown match that we got uh, on on the, the 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 biggest showcase of them all, the biggest the stupendous showcase that is WrestleMania's. Um, there was nothing to this, and and unless you're really into, unless you're really invested in Baron Corbin and his finisher, I guess this is a big deal. Otherwise, you're not. There's nothing. There's nothing here. Um, I'm wondering if they're going to do some kind of weird storyline where Happy Corbin now becomes Miserable Corbin because someone kicked out of his finisher. You know, kind of thing. I wouldn't put it put put it past them. J.K. Schwal will be giving us some live reporting from SmackDown. Uh, and, and and there was a sword involved because we did the sword gimmick. Where he where he chops the he chops the rope and then the turnbuckles go flying and I'm like was this necessary and I'm telling you this is you you want to prove to me you, let's say you're in WWE creative okay you do you want to prove to me that you have um do you want to prove to me that you do indeed have long term storytelling uh. Have Drew McIntyre behead someone by the time the, the sword gimmick is done. Otherwise, this is all, it's all nonsense and posturing. Why would anyone be afraid of Drew McIntyre when he, he hasn't used the sword, really, 
Oh, look at him. He can chop things with it. He can chop a top rope. Yeah, but can he kill a man? Does he have the gumption to slay another human being with said sword? Now that's, that's some long-term storytelling. <laughs> And we had uh, Logan Paul and The Miz defeating the, the Mysterios. Now, first of all, I'm, I mean, look, this is a match that happened, all right? Like, I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm not getting into, I'm not getting into to, 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 to blow by blow breakdowns on on matches like these because it, it's, you know, and that's not what WWE wants wants you to dis wants us to discuss anyway. They don't want us to talk about the matches. They really don't. Um, why did the Miz turn on Logan Paul at the end? Was this clarified? Right, I, this wasn't clarified, right? Like didn't and the Miz on Monday he he squashed Dominic right before. Veer came and I look something like that. Like there's something right? I, it's a little mushy mushed in my brain right now. Cause I, you know, I think I'm already putting too much thought into this, but it's like, why, why do is the Miz a baby face now because he's turning on Logan Paul or are we, uh, are we supposed to cheer for Logan Paul because the Miz is the heel and regardless, does this mean that we're continuing with Logan Paul in WWE? Because, look, I think Logan Paul did a very good job. I I think overall the celebrity, uh, the celebrity performers this year, they all, I think they all delivered or went a little above and beyond. I, I that's like, that's my, I don't think... I, I, any of them were like, yeah, this is disgusting. It's gross. It's dumb. They all, either they delivered what the, the goods or they went a bit above and beyond. It's, you know, I think Logan Paul did a very, very serviceable job. And, you know, he has the, you know, he knows how to emote. He gets it. He understands the spectacle of live arena sports, of how to get heat. Like, it, it comes naturally to him because I think because you know he's a natural douchebag to begin with <laughs> but does that look if we continue with Logan Paul and so on and so forth okay otherwise this this doesn't make sense but I'm telling you you guys we, we have to stop about we have to stop with this Dominic stuff and we, 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 we all have to huddle at this point gather around you know come together and, be, and just be be completely upfront with each other Dominic stinks and he's going to continue stinking it up. He's going to be a David Sammartino. He's going to be a, a David Flair. Uh, he's just going to be remembered at being bad at wrestling. That, that, that's all there is to it. And, and I, and I can't buy, I cannot buy the, Oh, he's young gimmick anymore when he's about to be 25 or he is 25. He's, he's in the year of our Lord 2022, he's going to be 25. And especially when you've got people out there much younger than him 
who have all the naturals and who are capable of doing the thing. Like Nick Wayne. Like Dante Martin. Like Hook. We have points of comparison over and over again. We, we, we got to stop with, with this Dominic stuff. It's an experiment that is not paying off. He's a charisma vacuum. He doesn't do anything special. He can do a, a top rope Rana. Like, okay, he, he, that's something that I can, can't do. That's fine. But there are dozens of other wrestlers who do that and who do it better than him and also have a whole bag, a whole entire arsenal of stuff that they can... Starboy Charlie, like, you know, there's so much stuff. So many people out there. A Queen of Any who's joining us tonight. Nice to see you, Queenie. Right in time for me to gush a little bit over the Raw Women's Tag, not Tag, Raw Women's Title Match, Bianca Belair defeating Becky Lynch in a near 20-minute wonderful affair. Best match of the entire WrestleMania sequence of events. Uh, Best... uh, a, a top tier match top tier absolutely top tier match hello heather nice to see you i think i said did i say hello hello again um and um just a, just a fantastic match best match of the of wrestlemania right now uh there's nothing the best match uh, uh match of the year for wwe absolutely for certain and if people put this on their match of the year list at the end of the year, you cannot be offended. This was, and you know what? This felt like WrestleMania from the get-go. From the moment Becky Lynch came in in that, I guess, um, that SUV. Is that what goes for, is that what we consider limousines to be the, these days? Like big SUV box type cars? Because, man, I, c- c- call me a traditionalist, but a good old-fashioned stretch limo, to me, comes off across a lot more, you know, uh, snooty and, and, and rich and, and bourgeois than, you know, something that I feel I could, you know, I, I, you know, I could just roll out of at a, at a car dealership, you know? Because that's kind of... But look, I the minute she popped out... And had this fantastic attire and the makeup, the hair, like something out of Ziggy Stardust. Like, it's, ah, there you go. And you're like, and she comes out first and Kristen tells me. It's like, well, Becky, oh, Bianca's getting a, an entrance, right? I'm like, probably. I guess that's why the champ's come, is coming out first. But the champ already got an entrance. And then they get the drum line in. And then Bianca comes out. And she is over the moon, like she has an extra kick in her in in in, in her in, in her step. She's got a, a smile etched across her face from ear to ear. You're like, look at this, and and she's coming down to the ring in in, in her gear. And I'm looking at her, and I'm like, we knew it from the start. This back when we were looking at this woman in NXT, this woman is money and look at her look at everything she's doing look at the reaction she's getting look at how they're presenting her this woman is cash 
Ka-ching, ka-ching. Prints it. She walks down to the ring. People are like, take it. Here you go. Vince, where do I leave you my credit card digits? Right? Kind of thing. That was fantastic. And what a fantastic match on top of that. Pro wrestling. You know what? Like, pro wrestling match by two top-of-their-class women athletes. Extraordinary stuff. Just good. Solid. Told a, a compelling story. Got physical. Was it... Yes, it got sloppy at a couple of occasions. Who gives a who gives a fuck? Bianca got a black eye. Hey, you know what? I keep people keep telling me wrestling's not like ballet. So, all right, hey, she got a black eye. Oopsie. And to me, that makes the thing even better. It makes it even sweeter. Not that Bianca got hurt, but the concept, right? When you see her coming out on Raw, she takes her glasses off. She's got this huge fucking shiner. You're like. There's the champ. She worked for it. Everything in, in, in that's what's this is what's great when we get these these accidental things in WWE. Everything is so clean and pristine and sanitized. There's the word I'm looking for. Everything in WWE is so sanitized that when you do see something legitimate like this, something you know unfortunate, but you know didn't cause you know, Bianca to miss time. She didn't lose an eye. Like she's fine. She's got a black eye, which is something to be expected in her profession. When she comes out with it, you're like, holy shit, this is, this rules. And it breaks with this, you know, this incessant, you know, sanitization of what we're watching, you know, where everything has to be pristine and clean and oh, blah, blah. It, it might have looked like it hurt, but it really didn't. Kind of, it's like, come on. Fantastic match. Loved the finish. Second WrestleMania win in a row. Sorry. Second championship win in a row. Sorry. Second WrestleMania championship win in a row for Bianca Belair. Now, the question is, and we're going to get into it with this next upcoming match. Do we have faith that WWE is going to push her? And I mean push her. Not give her a couple of title defenses and take it off of her. I mean push her. And that's where my faith stops. Because WWE has proven to me to not to trust them. Time and time and time again. Great match. Fantastic moment. But there you go. Moment. Just like the next moment that we're going to talk about. Seth Rollins comes out for his match. There's the suspense. We're wondering what's going on. Is it going to be Shane McMahon? Is it going to be The Undertaker? Is it going to be, what was the other one that was being thrown around? There was another speculatory one that was making me giggle. Um, I can't remember, but it doesn't matter. It ended up being the real deal, Cody Rhodes coming out. And he's got the full American Nightmare 
gimmick going from top to bottom. And holy shit, if that was not absolutely spectacular, I don't know what it was. And we've got to be honest with each other, folks, regardless of on where you fall, of where your heart tells you to be. Um, we have to be honest with each other here. This ruled. This was amazing. The graphics, the stage was perfect for it. The way, like... Everything was down. The music, the gear, the 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 neck tattoo logo. The, they even had the uh, uh, you know the augmented reality bullshit that they do. They had that set up for like everything worked. Crowd went nuts. A moment, a huge, huge WrestleMania moment for Cody because that's what matters, right? It's the moment. So he's here. So he's here. In WWE. I liked the match a lot. I rewatched it. After. After the fact. like I just want to reset. You know. Make sure. Was it as. You know. Was I off on my first impressions? And I was off on my first impressions. When I started, when I watched it, I was like, nah, this, I feel like it's not that great. But I rewatched it and I was like, you know what? This is very good. This is a very good wrestling match that he and Seth put on. And, you know, the drama in this match, to me, came from the fact, will WWE do the right thing and have Seth put Cody over? Because that's what you do. That's what anyone sensible would do, but... Being this being WWE, I didn't know what to expect. Cause sensible booking would be like, yeah, the new big debuting star, he goes over. But he's here, and as DGMC in the chat, uh, DGMC left as a super chat a little earlier. Thank you very much, DGMC, for the super chat. I appreciate it. He says, I have just realized. That Cody Rhodes is the Michael Scott slash Leslie Nope of pro wrestling. Him back in WWE is basically an SNL kit skit, and I'm for it. Well, he, yeah, he has been. Uh, he's been doing some bits, hasn't he? Thank you very much for the super chat. But let's talk about that, cause he. Here's something that WWE did that they never do, but they were extremely smart in doing. They made a media scrum. They put him in front of a panel. They had him do interviews. They don't do this shit usually. But they knew exactly what they had. They could dominate the conversation. That's what they wanted. That's what they got. That's all you could hear about on Sunday. It was Cody. Cody, 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 Cody. And even into Monday. And even into Tuesday. That's all you could hear about. And there's some really good quotes about his deal and so on and so forth. Because he debuted with all the American Nightmare stuff, right? And Dave Meltzer on the Observer Live Radio said that he got the deal that he wanted. Quote, he got this complex deal that allows him to do outside things that a lot of people don't have the ability to do. So that was part of it. And Cody in all his interviews also, you know, constantly mentioned how complicated 
his 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 contract was, which is probably one of the reasons why we heard, you know, started hear, hearing rumors that oh, you know, talks have fallen through, so on and so forth, you know, because it was legitimately extremely complicated to go through, according to Cody. He said it's most complicated contract in the history of pro wrestling or something. Cody himself said that there weren't any true guarantees in the contract, which, you know, I'm not sure. But there was a request. I said, I never want to see Stardust ever again. Well, we'll see. We'll see once Vince gets fed up. Once Vince is bored. Because there's one thing. Cody in the match with Seth. He did the Stardust move, right? People popped. I don't think he should have done that. I, Because Vince is going to go back to that. Vince is going to be like, and Bruce. And they're going to be like, well, pal. He did the Stardust thing and look at the reaction he got. I, I, ill-advised. Sure, nice, cool little wink. I don't. Anyway, I would. I. I. I would not be surprised if Cody comes out at some point in Stardust makeup. And that's what he was saying, right? Cody, it's a, it's com- quote. It's complex to get all of this together. Maybe one of the uh, maybe one of wrestling's biggest contracts, which I'm f- so flattered about. My gosh, I'm so happy about it. I have a child, so yeah. So I, I don't know what I have a child, so yeah means that I. Uh, how, I don't know how having a child equates to having, you know, one of the biggest contracts in wrestling history, like causation uh what is it causation cause to causation causation reaction i don't know but you know because he got a bus he's going to be traveling by bus which means all the families on board right he's going to be uh uh executive producer of the a and e special that wwe is doing on dusty well that's another thing that he wants to supervise he wants to make over and he kept telling, and this is one thing that he said as well, right? This is, uh, you know, uh, he he said, Vince told him, because he said, look, Vince, I want to come in, but I want to I, I want to keep everything about the American nightmare. I'm, I don't want to change anything. This is what I built. This is what I bring in. And Vince was like, well, that's good because that's what I'm buying. Apparently, that's what Vince told him. That's what I'm buying. So, I find it shocking you know, because Vince always wants to change people. I find that shocking, which makes me believe that, you know, Vince was involved to a certain degree in these negotiations. And then there was some great stuff coming out of the Variety interview that he gave to Justin Firestein. Nice to see you. But he gave, a, he gave an interview to... Uh, um, to uh to variety and one of the quotes that he said here is that i had wrestled everyone talking about AEW, right leaving i had wrestled everyone i wanted to wrestle there i truly had 
Anchorman, I don't believe you, GIF. Or if so, I think that's, I think this is a very telling, this is a very telling quote. He wrestled everyone he wanted to wrestle there. Didn't, so not Kenny Omega, not Adam Page, not CM Punk, not Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, Eddie Kingston. Like, no, he did wrestle in Kings, excuse me. But the point is, is that there's, there's a bunch, there's, there were still tons of high profile matches for Cody to have in AEW. And I, so, I find it hard to believe that he wrestled, that he, and he ended up going through his list of everyone he wanted to wrestle in AEW. I don't quite buy it. You know, maybe he didn't want to wrestle, I don't know, Anthony Bowens. No disrespect. Just the first thing that came out. I like Anthony Bowens a lot. But I can get that. It was like, Anthony Bowens. But why wouldn't Cody have wanted to wrestle CM Punk? Cody's a business guy. He knows how this business works. He understands it. Are you telling me? That there wasn't something inside Cody Rhodes that said, nah, I don't want to wrestle CM Punk. There's something else going on. I think this is a very telling quote. That there was dissatisfaction with perhaps some hires that Tony Khan did. That Tony Khan maybe brought it on board that didn't quite mesh with, with, uh, 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 with um, uh, Cody's vision. And look, we got this incredible quote from the Variety article as well. Listen to this and I quote, I chose to remain silent about my departure from AEW and I'm going to keep my word on that. There's no shoot interview. There's no nefarious tale that's going to be told. All were, there were all these different theories and none of them are correct. I mean, there were things about money and creative control. They were printed as fact and it's been a very difficult two months to see that when the reality is that it was just time. It was a personal matter and I could not move past it. I have nothing but respect for Matt, Nick, and Kenny. I'm rooting for Tony Khan. His name is going to be in uh, the history books as someone who helped bankrolled, bankroll and support this entire alternative and revolution that AEW became for me, uh, became but for me, it was just time to move on to get an opportunity at my dream. I get another chance at it. And you really can't leave any stone unturned with that. This quote is so incredibly charged. It's charged with so much juiciness. Just some you can take there is something. And I respect that he doesn't want to talk about it. But there is something that happened between him, maybe the other guys, the other EVPs, but definitely with Tony Khan. Where he's like, no, I can't, I, I, I can't move forward on this. Because again, none of it makes sense. It's still the weirdest thing. Watching Cody Rhodes walk into a WrestleMania as the American Nightmare 
was a surreal experience. And it still doesn't quite make sense. So there is something that happened. There's something that happened between him and TK, probably. Personal stuff. Something irreconcilable. Where Cody was just like, nah, I gotta go. I can't. I I, I can't. And he's gonna say, oh, sure, there was money and creative control, you know, but it wasn't all about that. But of course, you know, look, he's a wrestler. What do wrestlers work? do they work wrestlers work that's what they do so eventually cody is not going to sit here and say yeah it's all about the money but the money definitely has something to do with it and the fact that he's saying outright i wrestled everyone that i wanted to wrestle says that's a huge flag for me or i'm like clearly there were people here in this company that he didn't want to kind of give the time of day for whatever reason. And and I'm just speculating here. If you're asking me my gut, my my just my opinion, basic opinion, I think TK went on a very different direction than what Cody was hoping slash expecting. And Cody was like, we're a far cry from what we were supposed to be. And yes, I do think creative played a part in it. I definitely think money played a part in it. And don't let don't let anyone fool you. Don't let any any wrestler, any pro athlete tell you that money wasn't wasn't part of the decision. It's always part of the decision. But there's, I cannot wait for in, in 20, 25, 30 years when we start getting the books. I hope I'm still around for that. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the stroke hadn't, hasn't landed yet at that point. But I'm hoping, hoping very deeply, very profoundly that in a couple of years we figure out what exactly what exactly brought him to this decision here? I'm not going to start doing conspiracy theories and so on. That's not it. But there's something here. Something very, very juicy. Something very interesting. And I think he, Cody left some breadcrumbs out there. Especially in this bit of interview. Time will tell. And people, we got to stop about this betrayal bullshit, right? Lighten up. Lighten the fuck up, people. Seeing people burning their t-shirts, their Cody merch. He betrayed AEW. He didn't betray... Stop it! Stop being weird! This is his job! His job is to be a pro wrestler! If he can get better conditions somewhere else, he quits his job and he goes somewhere else. And he's in a position to be able to go and request for better things. Why wouldn't he do it? I keep telling you guys, stop stop caping for corporations. 
Stick up for the talent. Live for the talent. That's Those are the people who are putting on the shows who are working hard to try and make money. That try to get you to buy tickets to come see their shows. Stop it. Stop being weird. There's no betrayal. Cody saw an opportunity. He went elsewhere. That's all there is to it. That's really all there is to it. He did his promo this week on Monday Night Raw as well. And this is where the test starts, right? Now, good promo. Here's what I think. I thought the promo that he did on Monday night, we're going to come back to WrestleMania, don't worry. But I think the promo he did on Monday night was very good. And it was a very Cody promo. So that's also very good. Because it wasn't overly scripted, contrived. You could tell. It's just Cody talking as we got used to him, right? Over the past few years. So that's good. Good for him. But the promo that he cut, I feel like I've heard it before. I feel like I've heard it at least twice. I think I heard, or at least variations of. In the build-up to his fight against Nick Aldis at All In. In the build-up, I think, to his match with Chris Jericho early on for the AEW uh, World Championship, right? And I don't buy this stuff, by the way, of him being, oh, what about I would have been a 15-time TNT champion and I couldn't become a, a world champion? I'm like, dude, this is pro wrestling. Come on, get the fuck out. It, this is pro wrestling. It's kind of like comic books. You can switch things around and retcon shit and you can do whatever you want. Like if you really, if the world title was really that big a deal, you could have found any kind of loophole. And be like, well, I, I can, I now I can contend for the title again. Yeah, come on, that, that, that shit's bull. That That's... That's bullshit, okay? I that for sure is is a very work working answer. Let's put it that way. But I've heard the promo before. The promo that he did on Monday, I was like, it it it's fine. It's very good. And it's a it's very different from what you get in WWE, period. But uh, I think we're Probably for WWE viewers, it was a very, uh, I think it was a very, uh, as far as WWE goes, I think uh, the the audience was, uh, this was their first contact with this kind of Cody Rhodes, right? And bringing up Dusty and all of that. All right. But now the real test begins. Now, now, now the WrestleMania honeymoon is done. We're moving into Monday Night Raw. He's going to be on Raw. He's going to be a baby face. We're moving in there. Or or is a baby face a little passe? I'd, uh, hmm. He's going to be on Raw. And this is where it starts. This is where his booking begins. Because they're still continuing down the Seth feud. Right? Clearly that's not quite done. Or there's unfinished business. I don't know if they're going to fight again. But I'm going to keep my eyes peepered on that. Is the 50-50 going to begin? 
Because Cody in about himself, he's a catch. He's a prize catch. There's no doubting that. We've talked about it on the podcast before for multiple reasons. But I still can't swallow the fact that Vince... That that Vince is letting something that he did not create come in almost intact. Look, even Ric Flair was sort of fiddle around with, right? Just a tiny bit, but enough. I think AJ Styles was basically left, left as is, right? But Vince brings people in and makes them stars. Like, I don't know how Vince's ego is going to handle this because essentially what Cody did was tell Vince, hey, Vince, you're, I'm talking years ago, you're screwing me up. I'm going elsewhere. I'm going to go build myself elsewhere. And then I'm going to come back probably eventually, maybe. And then he does come back. And he's a star, not because of Vince. And I swear, because we have, they could even Goldberg to his defense. This is weird. Even Goldberg was tooled around with. Goldberg shtick comes in, spear, jackhammer, good night. But now Vince is like, now you got to do 15 minute matches, pal. They put a wig on him. This is what Vince does this is the build he he breaks you into his image i am not confident that this is going to go well for cody let's have this conversation next year come wrestlemania time let's let's have an evaluation of how cody's year went the 50-15 maybe is he the guy to take the belt off of Roman? Because it wasn't Brock. Who else is it going to be? They've got no one. They've got no one. They haven't built any stars. They had to bring in a star from the outside. Because they've got no one. And isn't this a weird message? I pe- this was an excellent point. That I heard on the uh, on the flagship podcast. It's a weird message that's being sent to the WWE locker room, especially the mid carders. Well, you know the people who aren't you know Brock and 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 Roman, right? the The message that that's being sent here is, you can come on, you can come wrestle for me, but I can't make you a star. You you're gonna have to leave. Go. Hustle your way into becoming a star and then come back. And then, well, we'll see what we do. Common sense would dictate that Cody Rhodes is going to be booked like a star for right up until WrestleMania next year. That's what common sense dictates. But I don't trust WWE. Neither should you. They've given us more than enough reasons to never trust their judgment when it comes to booking. 
when it comes to putting people over, when it means to creating, maintaining stars, if you're not Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar or Ronda Rousey. Do not put your faith in them. There is no reason, no reason for you to be, uh, 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 to, to have faith in a proper Cody push. Push! And I swear to God, if he gets 50-50 and starts, you know, oh, loss here, loss there, or win here, win there, and then all of a sudden he's put into a title program with Roman, that's not a push! But we'll see. We'll see how this goes. But I don't have any faith. I really don't. And I will I will be the first surprised and I will eat my words. But I don't think WWE is going to do the right thing. Because I don't think they know how to do it anymore. WWE SmackDown Women's title, Charlotte Flair successfully defended her title against Ronda Rousey in a boring ass match a sloppy boring uninteresting match that ended with a weird finish hit the bricks apparently ronda is going to be on uh, is going to be on smackdown could not be less interested i'm at the i'm at the bottom bottom of the barrel when it comes to my interest when it comes to ronda rousey that was bad. Crowd was dead. And then the most delightful surprise of the weekend with the KO show with Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin became a match. And I was sitting down and I was like, Jesus Christ, of course, like, of course, WWE will end WrestleMania with a talk segment and a couple of stunners. Of course, because it's WWE, right? But then I see Austin coming out in gear. And I'm like, oh shit, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What a good, a good little match this was. Just electric. Just fun. Unexpected. Came out of nowhere. Just, and Austin, look, Austin, 57 years old, a litany of, of, of knee problems, his neck, so on and so forth. Like, not the guy that we, that we cheered for in 97, 98, 99. Like, it's not the same guy, right? But it still hits all the right notes. And with a Kevin Owens, who is just living the dream at this point. Actually having a match with one of his legitimate heroes. And Kevin is giving him everything. Kevin is just, he's giving and giving and Austin is taking it all. He still has the, he still has the know-how. He still has that muscle memory. He's like, okay, we're brawling into the audience. We're doing suplexes where we shouldn't be. We're going up top. We're going up top onto the stage. What a fun brawl. Do, do I think, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin has, you know, the, the chops for a main event run? No, no. 
That, but that's not, this wasn't the point of it. You know, like, guys like Sting and Taker and, you know, so on and so forth, they all had their, you know, they're, they're all having, like, little career reemergence. They all, you know, all these moments where, where they can just remind fans of who they are and, and go out on their terms kind of thing, right? Something that Austin has always been very careful of, something that he didn't necessarily want to do, but somehow all of the stars aligned and, and we got this match was, was so much fun. Just fun. And it's weird. And, and, and you know, there's, there, well, it's weird. Why didn't WWE advertise Steve Austin having a match at WrestleMania 38? They could have used the ticket sales. The AT&T Arena can sit 100,000 people, right? They said they they, they sold, what, 77,000 night one and 78,000 night two, something like that. It's easily 10,000 Easily 10,000 to 11,000 less than what they advertised. Easily. I'm excited to see like the legitimate breakdowns of this because that, that, that's a working number. It's always a working number. You know, maybe they, you know, they counted. I, I saw some speculation that they were counting like the, the total capacity of suites, which can hold up to 40 people, you know, and there were like 12 suites. Well, there weren't 40 people in 12 suites. At WrestleMania, and come on, hit the bricks now, all right? Anyway, that's a whole other discussion. But back to the point here is that the show WrestleMania was not was not sold out. I'm still convinced WWE is not satisfied with the number. They can't be happy when a couple of years ago, same arena, they hit a hundred thousand with in one night. I, I, convinced they were going for one hundred k both nights this year. Couldn't do it. They would have moved heaven and earth. To sit a hundred thousand people that night. Don't don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Because you know I've seen people say, oh, but you know in this configuration, uh, eighty-eight thousand. If they had the opportunity to fill an arena, at least even if it was just for one night with a hundred thousand fans, they would have done all the changes necessary to do it. Trust me. So. Why wouldn't you advertise Stone Cold Steve Austin if your show is underperforming and you want more ticket sales? Makes sense, right? And, uh, you know, and when you think about it like that, you're like, yeah, why not? The flip side of it is that it creates, you know, if you if you advertise Stone Cold Steve Austin in a match, you're creating an expectation and definitely one that Austin can't live up to because he's not, because we all have this fond memory of Austin when he was... At, at his peak, which he's not at anymore. So it creates this weird expectation. Stone Cold is having a match. Oh, he's not bumping like a madman. <laughs> Zero out of five, uh, you know, hit the brick Stone Cold. Now, nice little surprise. He comes back, does what he do. He does what he does with, 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 with Kevin Owens and everyone is much more forgiving. We're all like, this was fun. This was great. And I think the on the flip side, it would have been, the reception would have been a lot harsher because the expectation would have been a lot higher. I think ultimately for Stone Cold, I think it is the good the good uh, move. It is the better move what he did 
by doing that instead of announcing him being there kind of thing. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed I enjoyed night one. And I enjoy the fact that a bunch of you are still here watching, listening. Thank you if you're just joining us. Leave a like. I can't leave a like on night two though. WrestleMania, excuse me. WrestleMania Sunday. I thought it was... It's clearly inferior. WrestleMania Saturday was the best show. WrestleMania Sunday, it wasn't bad. Like, it, it wasn't a bad wrestling show. But... It wasn't good. <laughs> Mediocre? Show starts off with Triple H leaving his boots in the ring. He's retiring. He was basically out there to welcome everyone to WrestleMania. But people people know what's up. He left his boots. People are like, why didn't he get a proper speech? He's going to get his speech at the Hall of Fame next year. Don't worry. Don't worry. It'll be fine. Then we had the Raw Tag Team title triple threat match. RK Bro successfully defending against Alpha Academy and the Street Profits. I am really glad that RK Bro is over with the WWE Universe in a tag team division that is completely uninteresting and uh, does not have any... Uh, that, uh, in, in which management has no faith in and is not really pushed. Good for them. At the end of the uh of the proceedings Gable Stevenson who had been who who was being hyped over both nights right for his trophy in uh, amateur wrestling he was brought into the ring to celebrate but then Chad Gable got into his face and he says there's only one Gable here what uh, whatever shoosh and Gable Stevenson uh belly to bellies him uh and I saw right there when, you know, you looked right there and it was like, Gable Stevenson is probably a very good uh, a collegiate athlete. I'm not going to pretend that I've uh, watched his work all that much or that I'm privy to it. Um, but as far as pro wrestling goes, uh, zero presence, zero charisma. Like we are starting from far with this kid. And I mean, a belly to belly is cool and all, but that's also Bailey's finisher, or at least one of them. Like, there's nothing that made me pop out of my skin. Like, oh wow, this kid is the next big thing. And 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 I refuse to continue down the path of hearing comparisons to him and Kurt Angle. Perhaps they are both two very technically sound wrestlers, but Kurt Angle had the charisma, he had the timing. He picked up on all the entertainment aspects of wrestling so fast, right out the gate. He got it. Remember his first gimmick? The three eyes? Gable Stevenson couldn't pull that off. Looks like a... He, he was a bit deer in the headlights. Maybe not the best moment to, to debut him, you know big arena like that i don't know but look debut what am i talking about he was drafted on raw last fall 
There's no debut. Bobby Lashley defeated Omas in a just a shit thing. And you know what's frustrating is that there was a video of Omas circulating from Wale Mania a couple of nights before or Friday night. I don't remember. Where Omas is like he's on stage and he's he, uh, and 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 he's performing, he's doing a rap, and you're like, why look, this guy has personality. This guy has something. Why are we booking him? Like, you know, a stack of firewood in a in a trench coat. I don't understand it. Let this guy show some personality. I'm sure it'll work. Good for Bobby Lashley to get a WrestleMania win, but this was shit. And we get the Anything Goes match. Johnny Knoxville defeated Sami Zayn. I enjoyed this for what it was. I thought it was fun. And you know what? It's one of these moments where I'm like, and I had a, I had another moment like this this weekend when I was watching Effie's Big Gay Brunch on Saturday morning. I was like, man, sometimes we need to chill the fuck out when it comes to pro wrestling and we just have to, you know, enjoy it. Just have some fun. Just have some fun. And I think sometimes we take it too seriously. And, I'm, and I say that to myself as well. You know, I'm guilty of that. But this was, this was fine. It was, you know, amusing. I didn't laugh the whole way through. And I'm absolutely not as enthralled as some people were. We're like, well, this was so fun. And if you didn't like this, you don't like fun. I mean, you can't, you know, opinions and your feelings about something can be a little, you know, nuanced. You know, there's, you know, it it was okay. And, but there was some things that made me laugh. The hand made me laugh. Instead of me going here, it's like, why was there a giant hand at ringside? And it's like, it was perfectly positioned and the camera angle was great. So that I was surprised when the hand appeared and I was, I was entertained for that moment. You know? People are weird, man. Sometimes they're really fucking weird. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. And I'm convinced that this match was produced principally by Knoxville, the jackass guys, because it was not WWE comedy. WWE stinks at comedy. This had that, it had that jackass little finesse to it for a couple of things. You know, the 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 groin kicker and the mouse trap. I thought this was fine. It was stupid. And And if anything, I would like, here's the thing, (laughs) collecting my thoughts here. See a lot of people poo-pooing on this. See a lot of, uh, you know, fellow commentators, pundits uh, poo-pooing on it. And I can't help but wonder if these same commentators, these same fans who poo-pooed on this also poo-pooed on the Stadium Stampede match, which was, collectively, another whole bunch of nonsense, where, in one case, we get giant mousetraps, and the other case, we get, you know, people being drowned in pools, only to be resurrected a few minutes later. We get horses, you know, glasses of milk, 
being run over by uh, by uh, 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 golf carts. Like it's it's all nonsense. Just approached in a different way. So you know, if if you're going to go woo stadium stampede, but then go uh, Johnny Knoxville, um, uh, I think you need a bit of consistency here. Because it's the same level of madness, you know what I mean? The same level of, of absurdity. You, you know, they had mascots involved. Look. That's all I'm saying. And Sami Zayn is great. Let's not forget, like Conrad pointed out. Sami Zayn is great. And he was also a a, a, a an, uh, an underlying factor to the success of this match. Probably one of the funner... And especially on an evening, on a WrestleMania Sunday night, that you're you're clasping because you weren't entertained by Bobby Lashley and Omos. You just weren't. If you if you were, you think you were, but you weren't. I'm telling you. <laughs> you when you're clasping for grasping for entertainment, this works. It's fine. Naomi and Sasha Banks defeated Carmella and Queen Zelina, Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley and Natalia and Shayna Baszler to become the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. And uh, this is uh, Sasha's first WrestleMania victory. Congratulations to her. In a nothing match that was not great. And what else am I going to say? I'm happy for Sasha. I'm happy for Naomi. Boy, oh boy, are they ever leaning into this weird kinkiness between Rhea and Liv now. They did with the masks and Liv coming out with a whip and everything. I'm like, wow, okay. This is different. I don't hate it. Unlike Edge versus AJ Styles, which I thought was a bummer of a match. And I don't understand Edge anymore. And I think... See, this is why I don't have... At least I don't have... This is why I don't have faith in Cody's booking because of what they're doing with Edge. The purple lights, the 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 long, the long ass promos, and look, we're back at it on Monday now that he has Damian Priest. And this match... Folks, let's gather around. Let's let's be honest with each other, okay? Let's let's be honest. Not being, you know, necessarily mean, but let's just be honest. This match was boring. It was boring, okay? Dull. It's in something that ultimately could have been a lot of fun because I like the premise of it. I think I talked about it last week. The idea that both these guys work in the business at the same time in paths that never crossed, never intersected of their entire careers. Two guys who've had very, you know, in AJ Styles' case, I'd say, a, you know, a legendary career. At Edge, an extremely successful one. But both very popular, top of their class, never in that was a good premise that got morphed into all this nonsense 
and you just lose the you lose the plot. The all the edge stuff just became bigger than everything, and it was just boring and stupid, and we end up with a boring match. Jason Major, nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. Ridge Holland and Sheamus defeated the New Day. Now, this was the match. This was supposed to happen the night before and for some reason was cut for time. Eh. So they shoehorned it in here and the video packages recapping this feud lasted longer than the match. The match clocked in at a minute 43 seconds and they had like two minutes of video packages and like another two minutes of entrances. This was bullshit. And on top of that, this is what I don't understand. And again, one of the reasons why I have no faith in Cody being booked properly. What do you do here if you keep showing the grotesque video of Big E landing on his head time and time and time again? Why would you do that if not to put your baby faces over? But yet... Because it's already hard to watch, right? You don't want to see Big E crack his neck again. You don't want to see him break his neck over and over again. Unless the baby faces are going over. But guess what? Such good heat, pal. You can't even have... And the baby faces come out with gear inspired by Big E's gear he was wearing the night he won the WWE Championship. But he, they don't go over. Fuck you, audience, and your feel-good moment. We gotta get over the pugnacious butch. He's such a spark plug. Such bullshit. This is, this is why I don't have faith in this company for doing anything right. I don't. Pat McAfee defeated Austin Theory. McAfee can work. There's, there's nothing you can say to the opposite. He understands pro wrestling. He knows how to make it work. He knows how to create a presence in the ring. Good for him. He was a highlight of this WrestleMania. But then after... He has a match with Vince McMahon for fuck's sake. Vince wins. Because of course, right? But then you kind of see it coming when Austin is, not Austin, but when Vince is celebrating in the ring with Austin Theory, you kind of know Stone Cold's coming out and he does. And Vince looks worried, which he should be. And he tells Vince, no, we're going to drink a beer. And Vince is like, oh, really cool. And I'm like, Vince, why hasn't Vince figured this out yet? He should not share drinks with Stone Cold in the ring. It's never happened. 
And of course, Vince takes the the legendary stunner. The stuff of legend. Vince could never could never sell a stunner, but goddamn pal, is what is this it? Is this the like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna not sell a stunner, I'm gonna not sell it sell it in the most legendary way possible. Cause holy shit, bounces up, loses his footing, bounces off the ropes, and Steve catches him and is fat. And I I thought the way he landed, the way his legs sort of collapsed, Vince's, I was gonna I tore his quads again. <laughs> He tore a squad. Just a a beautiful disaster. That was fun. And you give you give a little bit of stone cold on night one, you give a little bit of stone cold on night two, so no one feels cheated. That was it's good, you know? Austin celebrating with the beers, having the time of his life. Good for good for Austin. Good for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Having having this very cathartic experience. I, I good for him. And the main event, Roman Reigns uh won the WWF WWE title, WWE Universal title unification winner takes all match. He is now the champ champ. He defeated Brock Lesnar in the most Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match you you could imagine. It's it's like everyone they've done in the past, and um, that's my analysis of it. It was a very tepid main event. And I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do with Roman Reigns who came out on Raw on Monday, was supposed to be the main event segment, and told the audience, uh, tune in on Friday. <laughs> this company, man. You, but you know what? The Saturday night WrestleMania, I think, was a pretty fun show. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Much more than I expected. But Sunday was exactly what I expected. Uh, just did not live up to the hype. And a lot of pe- I've seen a lot of people already go and bring back WrestleMania to just one, one day. And I'm like, no, it's worse. It's honestly worse. Because I think people just don't remember the last couple of WrestleManias before the pandemic that were all one day. And you, we were lit. You literally watch wrestling for six to seven hours. I'm like, no, you can't do. I can't handle that anymore. You get petered out. WrestleMania 35. Everyone was exhausted by the time the main event arrived. Everyone was just burnt out, played out of cheering and being in an arena and just being on your fucking couch, giving this thing your your attention. It's too long. Uh, one WrestleMania won't fix the problems. It won't make... You, you put this card all in one day and it doesn't fix the problems. You still have awful matches. You still have Bobby Lashley and Omas. 
You still have uh, you still have boring weird stuff. You still have the Usos versus Boogs and Nakamura. You still have uh, the women's tag t- the the women's tag titles. Uh, you still have Edge and AJ Styles. Edge and AJ Styles almost went twenty five minutes. Who on God's green earth needed twenty five minutes of this? Then Conrad says he went to WrestleMania 33 and was there for hours. It doesn't fix the problem. I like the two-night formula. I really do. I think it's much more digestible. It's easier to watch. Two times four hours. I can handle that. Eight hours? Hit the bricks. Super card of honor. Um... Supercard of Honor was a, an extremely, extremely entertaining show. I thought it was a lot of fun. Now, this was clearly the establishment of the. Um, this was this was the 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 establishment of the Tony Khan era of Ring of Honor. Right? We're not, you know, the, the, it was very clear from the get go. With the way things were booking, and especially when you look at the results, this was all about this new era of Ring of Honor that were that were uh, 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 ushering in here. Tony Khan talent took over. This is just what happened. You know, Swerve got booked on the card, defeating defeating Alex Zane, yeah, Jay Lethal, and Lee Moriarty. That was the thing. Jay Lethal uh, consecrating a a heel turn. Which I look, Jay Lethal for a bunch of reasons is, is an acquired taste. Um, not one of mine, but I will appreciate how well this heel turn was executed. This is very very good. Um, and look, even even a key element here, you know, we had Mercedes Martinez and Willow Nightingale fight for the interim. Ring of Honor Women's World Title Match. And, you know, you sort of question, you wonder, you think, and you go like, well, why isn't it just a a, a number one contenders match? Why aren't we just coming out, the number one contenders match? And it's our boy Ross Berman over on Twitter, shout out Ross, who was like, well, maybe the reason he's doing this is to take some negotiating power away from the current champion, which is Deanna Parazzo. Because basically what Tony Khan is doing here is saying... I don't need your title. I don't necessarily need you as champion because I got my own stuff going on here. I've got an interim title. I've got an interim champ that we're going to have to unify the belt at some point. I think, he, you know, I don't know how insidious it is, but I mean, it's a good theory for him to be like, I'm keeping some uh, negotiating power for myself. Get, taking some of the leverage away from Deanna Perazzo here, who was currently the Ring of Honor World Women's Champion, by the way. So Mercedes Martinez won that. You had Minoru Suzuki winning the TV title. You know, it was just wild, right? Wheeler, Wheeler Yuta winning the Pure title from uh, Josh Woods and Jonathan Gresham defeating Bandito, finally unifying the titles. So, you know, it's like, interesting card. Oh, 
did I forget a match? I think mm, I think I forgot a match. The Briscoes versus FTR. Um, if you haven't, I don't know if you heard the hype after for this match, but you should believe it. If you haven't watched this match, this is one that you go out of your way to see. You make you reserve what 25, 27 minutes out of your day to watch this match from top to bottom. It is one of the greatest wrestling matches I have ever seen. I was out of my seat screaming at the conclusion of this match. Kristen can can vouch for that. An exciting, dynamic, pitch-perfect professional wrestling match. And you know what made it work even on top of that? The crowd, man. The audience were so into was so into it, they were nuts. They were eating everything up. That look, the a, a comparison that I think a lot of people will get is you know how much the crowd added to Hogan vs. Rock, right? How much the crowd was a part of that story and helped elevate that match. Same story here. Just electric from the get-go. The, the the wrestlers were into it. Dax Harwood was so into it that he jumped off the apron and went into the audience, started high-fiving people. The match had started at this point. But that's how hype this crowd was for it. And it just added so much energy and, 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 and uh, uh, importance to what we were watching. And I was like, this is what we missed during the pandemic era. This is it right here. Every moment, every move mattered in this, ma- in this, in this match. And nothing was thrown away. FTR played like the low-key heels, you know, in this match here. Ring of Honor was the Briscoe's territory, right? But in the end, the audience was cheering for the match itself, they were cheering for, they were behind all four of these guys. There wasn't a babyface or a heel team anymore. You know, we get so many things. I mean, even if I walked you through it, it wouldn't it wouldn't properly render justice to this match here. Like, you know, Jay Briscoe does a, a, a Topicon Hilo. Mark does the, the cactus jack elbow off the apron with, Full on with bang bangs. Jay is, he bleeds early on. We get a great sequence eventually that leads into the redneck boogie. Um, we get the powerplex by FTR. The Briscoes try to do the big rig, but I think it's Cash who eats it and he kicks out. Great brawl on the floor, DDTs, DVDs, and there's a suplex. Mark Briscoe suplexes Cash, excuse me, Dax Harwood. From inside the ring, he's on the apron and he lifts him up, up, up and over the ring and onto the floor. They just fall off the apron in a fucking insane spot. And then Mark Briscoe goes ahead and he and he uh, he corkscrews or was it Jay? No, I think it's Jay. No, it is Mark. Corkscrews off the top rope 
onto cash. Froggy bow, doomsday device fucks up, and the FTR gets the gets the win with the big rig. One of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Last year, what I I was talking about, Shingo and Will Ospreay. Remember that? Trust me. And 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 we're talking about. And we were talking about this in the Discord, right? We, we were having a chat, a, a stage event. We do some of those. Join the Discord. Link is in the description. And we were all chatting, and at some point, someone, you know, I was in it, and we were chit-chatting, and they asked me, Warren, was this better than, uh, uh, was this better than the Bucks versus Page and Omega? And I'm like, look, at this point, we're, it, if this is what we're talking about, we're splitting hairs at this point. Because this match... Briscoe's FTR is part of a pantheon of unbelievably great tag team matches. And I, I'd even go as far as wrestling goes, but let's talk about tag team matches here. It's in this pantheon of great matches that, you know, if you start grading, you're just like, you know, you're just screwing around. Just like, It becomes pre- personal preference. Add them to this pantheon of great matches like Art Bar and Eddie Guerrero versus Octagon and, and uh, El Hijo del Santo. Uh, uh, Midnight Express versus the Fantastics. Uh, uh, Kabashi and Misawa versus uh, Kawada and Tawe. Uh, F- FTR versus DIY. Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks. Uh, 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 Page and Omega versus the Young Bucks. Like this, this group, this exclusive group of of high level, unforgettable tag team matches. This is where it belongs. It is so amazingly good. And I swear, if you haven't watched it, you go out of your way to do it. This is why I this is the kind of match where I, that reminds me why I watch pro wrestling and I love pro wrestling because when when it, it's able to make me feel like like that, keep me on the edge of my seat, drag me into it, I love it and it can only be done by top tier head of the class talent like like Mark and Jay Briscoe, Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood. Fantastic work all around. And don't get me wrong, the super card of honor was was a good card. I think there's a lot of people who are overshooting it. You know, I think there's a couple of couple of, of missteps on, on on the card, maybe there's a couple of things that aren't that you know that that you know that aren't that that lack a little finesse. Let's put it that way. You know, I think uh, I think Suzuki, I think Suzuki and um, uh, I, I I think Suzuki and uh, uh, Red Titus wasn't exactly that. You know, it wasn't wasn't the wasn't a great a great event, but the main event was amazing. Uh, I thought Wheeler Yuta and Josh Woods was very good. I thought uh, the women w- had a good match. Jay Lethal and Moriarty was also... Like, there's a lot of good. Want to say hello to Jason PS3 and El Gato Pollo Loco. Welcome to both of you. But the question, right, moving forward is, you know, now we're under new ownership. How is this all going to synergize? How is all of this going to come come together, right? With Tony Khan. Like he made it very clear. 
he owns Ring of Honor. It's not an AEW thing. But yet there's a lot of crossover with AEW. Like there's a lot of business aspects to this that I'm very curious about. Because, well, we didn't mention it, but let's talk about it. Samoa Joe showed up at Ring of Honor for a huge surprise, right? And I love Tony Khan for this kind of stuff where he's he's so excited and he's stoked and he's he's such a dork. He's a dork like us and I love him for that, you know, where he's like I say it in the most lovingly way possible, right? He's like you got to love it for that kind of stuff. But he's sitting, you know, Samoa Joe appears at the end to sort of chase off Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal are attacking Jonathan Gresham and Lee Moriarty and it's fantastic stuff. And then, but yeah, yeah, Samoa Joe is all elite. So there's going to be crossover. How much of this, how much crossover is there going to be? How much synergy? Oh my God, he said the synergy word. But you know, how much of this, uh, this cohabitation, cohabitation is, is going to happen? with AEW and Ring of Honor moving forward. R- Tony Khan said Ring of Honor doesn't have a TV deal right now. You know, Samoa Joe said he's, you know, going to show up on All Elite. They, they've continued, going to, you know, going to, they've continued the, the Jay Lethal Samoa Joe angle from Supercard on Dynamite this week. Jonathan Gresham said that, you know, he's, he might end up on uh, on AEW to uh, to uh, to to defend the title or you know so on and so forth. Wheeler Yuta is an AEW talent, but he was there with the pure title. Of course, FTR again, but we'll talk about that in a second. But so I'm curious as to how this part of the business works out. No TV deal. I still think that eventually. Tony Khan is going to. I think. I think the Ring of Honor m- m- um, uh, uh, model is probably going to be pay per view only. Probably a monthly pay per view moving forward. I. St- that's what I was expecting them to convert into, and I still think that's what you do at this point. I don't think I. We'll see if a de- look if a TV deal materializes. Good for them, but I, I I feel like we might see more of a more of a monthly pay per view thing. And with the show that they just put on here, I think there's a lot of goodwill moving forward. I think people will be excited excited for the next Ring of Honor show, which is what your shows to to see, right? And as I said, a lot of the talent that went over, you know, maybe aside. Jonathan Gresham, they're all AEW slash Tony Khan people, right? Uh, Mercedes Martinez, Yuda, uh, Swerve. You know, you 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 could you could you could make an argument that uh, Brian, uh, you know, Brian Cage. You could make an argument that Minoru Suzuki going for going over and winning his first North American Championship is has Tony Khan fingerprints all over it as well because of you know. Because of how he wants to treat, you know, the forbidden door and all that business. I think it's all part of that. But, you you know, I wonder about talent, like, especially on the pre-show, we saw Joe Henry, Hendry. We saw uh, 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 Dalton Castle. 
Ring of Honor stalwarts. Were they are they being given a look, a looking at you know or. You know what's the deal here? Like I feel weird to think about Ring of Honor moving forward without having a Dalton Castle involved in one way or another. You know what I mean? Because he's part of the fabric of it. And 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 Tony is he's sensitive to that. He's he's hip to that at the very least. I know he under he understands that kind of stuff. You know, it's like bringing back the 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 old Ring of Honor titles, right? With the old logo. That's a very that's a very wrestling fan type of thing to do, right? It's like, ah, I'll bring back the belts that I prefer. But that's what Tony Khan is. He's, he was, you know, he's a message board geek at heart. Again, all lovingly, you know, I, I much more appreciate someone booking wrestling that has been a fan, a, a, a true to form fan, a geek, you know, rather than having suits in a corporate office. Think you know, go, thinking well, this is what we know. We need to synergize with this thing because this plan, and we're doing cartoons, and we need to you know make the toys work. You know, you know what I mean. But I think there's one thing that is fairly safe to say that this is the end of an era, as far as Ring of Honor. Supercard of Honor being a part of WrestleMania weekend is I, you know, the originator, the, 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 the show around which WrestleMania grew WrestleMania, you know, it's WrestleMania week, as far as extra shows coming in, indie, indie shows, creating events around it. The originator, the, the anchor point being Supercard of Honor. I think we might've reached an end here. Tony Khan said in an interview, you know, I don't want to run shows on Mania Weekend. And I understand why. And in his place, I, would, I, I wouldn't either. Like, the last thing you want is people saying, oh, look, Tony Khan can't run his events if he's not under the WWE umbrella. You know, if he's not, like, under this, this, this situation, he can't run shows other than that. You know, he, of course he doesn't want that. He doesn't want that. I understand that. Double or nothing weekend is becoming a thing. You know, the GCW setting up a camp there in a couple of weeks. Things ebb and flow. It's exciting, man. This is good. This is so much fun. All of this is fun. Look, if you want to hear more about the Supercard of Honor uh, uh, and my thoughts and Sean Taggart's thoughts check out the podcast which is called uh, <laughs> Hot Shakes and Hat Dogs just this week's episode we talk about it quite a bit go over some of our thoughts a last hurrah for Ring of Honor in its current form anyway are you ready to talk some dynamite Let's talk some dynamite and event. Look, you know what? An eventful dynamite, nonetheless. Let's get let's get this deep dive going. Tell your friends. Call your mama. Say you pick up your phone and say, "Mama," and she goes, "What? What?" Warren is talking about AEW dynamite, and she's like, "God damn, I was asleep. I've been I've been asleep since nine. What do you who who's Warren?" 
Show started off with a match. Adam Cole defeating Christian Cage. A good opening match. I like how this was presented as a first time match between these two. Exciting stuff. Um, Christian Cage leapfrogs over the corner post. The flying body slam Cole on the floor, which is a cool spot. Swinging DDT, a backstabber by Adam Cole. Cole also hits an anti-air super kick on Christian Cage. Follows up with a spear. Cole avoids the kill switch by getting into the ropes and tangling himself up. And as the referee is trying to break them apart, boop, thumb to the eye of Christian Cage. Hits the boom. We're donezo. Adam Cole wins. Good little match. Christian still going strong. Post-match, Red Dragon run in to beat down on Cage. This drags out Dino 210 to even the odds. And they all fight up to uh, up the ramp backstage. But it's a trap! It's a trap, Adam Cole! Because it, they drag your buddies away from the ring to leave you vulnerable to one hangman, Adam Page, who gets... A crazy, what a great crowd. Let's point out, the last night's Dynamite had an electric crowd. And they were so excited to see Hangman Page. So he arrives and he picks up a mic and he, he gets really mad at Adam Cole. He says, you want a title match? I'll give it to you. But it's going to be, it's going to be punishment. We're going to be doing, since next week, we're doing a live rampage in Texas. Why don't we do... Uh, my new specialty, that's not what he said, but you know, my new specialty, the Texas Deathmatch. I was like, hot damn. Good, good stuff. Why wouldn't Adam Page be like, look, I beat the guy who was very closely associated with, um, very closely associated with uh, uh, um, uh, Texas Deathmatches. I beat the guy. I can take you. Adam Cole, you shorty. <laughs> Adam Cole is six foot two. <laughs> no, but I mean, I like, I like that, I like that part. I like that, 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 um, that little thing. It's like, I've done this, beat this guy. I can definitely beat you doing this. Good. And why not get excited for a live rampage? Good stuff. We get an Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament qualifying match where Samoa Joe squished Max Caster. Max Caster, a <laughs> couple of good digs in, in his, probably one of the most interesting, one of the, the, the raps that I've enjoyed most because he was really focusing on all of Joe's meta. You know, the fact that he, you know, he's, you know, people consider him injury prone. And so I liked it. Ends with a muscle buster. Glad to see the muscle buster back. So Samoa Joe qualifies. Post-match, we got Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt who pop up on screen. Lethal says he tried to that he tried to call Joe over and over again, but uh, Joe never picked up because he only picks up the phone for billionaires. Oh, snap. They should call him the Samoan gold digger. And I'm like, oh, that's not great. 
Not a fantastic, not a very good dig, but B plus for effort. Uh, and uh, they said that next week in New Orleans, uh, they have a present for him, that a present that he will never forget. So we'll see how that starts going forward. Now, backstage, we get a promo, a li- not a promo, but a little segment with William Regal. <laughs> and he's and he's next to a TV monitor and he's like, he's touching it and he's like, why is it busted here? You know? And I'm like, I, and I like it because at that point, none of us know what's going on. Why is he so intrigued by this? But anyway, and he says he's excited that Wheeler Yuta uh, ha, has impressed him and impressed Brian Danielson. But now Yuta has to impress John Moxley, the hardest of the three to impress. So he's going to have a match against John Moxley on the Rampage this Friday. And Moxley says the forecast for Friday is bones cracking like thunder and raining blood. And how can you not absolutely love John Moxley when he pulls out his when he pulls out his violence poetry? I fucking love it. And that's what we're getting this Friday. We're getting these two. Now, no spoilers. Because I refuse to. And I've been scooching away but i did see a lot of reactions obviously rampage already tapes in the can but apparently we're getting a match of the year candidate between john moxley and wheeler yuda i could not be more excited to see wheeler wheeler yuda get get his now in regards to this this happens later on in the show but since we're talking about it right now since we're talking about wheeler yuda we have a segment with the best friends and Chuck Chuck Taylor is talking with Yuda and he's saying, you know, man, and, and Yuda has the pure title on his shoulder. Not one of these fuckers in best friends tells Wheeler Yuda, congratulations on your title, pal, on the pure title, you know, that has a long lineage of extremely competent professional wrestlers. No, they don't say a thing. None of them. No, you've got Chucky e. Che- Chuck e. Cheese, Chucky e. T, sexy Chucky e. T instead, saying, you know, man, we let you crash on our couch and we've paid for the tights that you're wearing, which kind of popped me. That was a great line. You know, there's no reason why you can't be the best wrestler by being part of us. And then Trent goes off on him and he says, I don't like you. And, you know, wait till you see what I do to Danielson this Friday. And I'm like, look at these ingrates. Look at the, you know, why don't you be our friend, Yuda? Well, the first thing that a friend would do, like, to Yuda would be like, congratulations on your title, champ, right? But no, instantly, Chuck Taylor goes, I let you sleep on my couch. I paid for those times. What about Yuda, man? What about Yuda? Bullshit. I think I am all for Yuta kicking those uh, those dudes uh, to the curb. Hit the bricks. Sean Dean defeated Sean Spears. MJF on commentary. on Look, this isn't about the match. This is about Wardlow once again breaking through security to cause a distraction to Sean Spears. 
allowing Sean Dean to roll up Sean Spears for the win. And Sean Dean is now the pinnacle killer, has a win over MJF, has a win over um, uh, Sean Spears, right? Now, so, the, the, and you, I love this. It's doing great for, for Wardlow. I like this angle. I like this, this feud that they've got going. It's good. I like it. Wardlow wants to get his hands on MJF. MJF is being a chicken shit about it. Love it. Have you noticed, though? This is what... Wardlow cutting a swath of destruction through all of the jabroni security guys, right? The plants, the, you know, the, the trainees, whatever. Right up until he gets to the actual security of, of AEW on ringside where those guys are like, nah, nah. So at least, you know, he's not burying the actual security, which is smart. <laughs> we get footage of earlier today of Eddie Kingston, Ortiz, and Santana beating the shit out of the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. And for some reason, Eddie Kingston grabs a TV monitor and hurls it at him. And I, the, the the monitor that we were talking about earlier that was broken in the interview area. And I don't know if that was planned or not. I like to think that Eddie went rogue and decided to do that because it ruled. <laughs> then those three guys hit the ring. Um... Basically to say, uh, basically to say, you know, that, uh, that it's on site, right? That Eddie, you know, he'll come after you, Jericho, if you're with your wife and kids. Uh, you know, the, 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 the 2.0 guys, if you're with your wife and kids, it's on site, we're coming for you. Daniel Garcia, I know where you live. Jake Hager, keep running, you son of a bitch. Like, fantastic. Fantastic stuff. They get ch they challenge the Jericho's uh, appreciation uh, troop to a trios match next week. I like it. Jade Cargill cuts her definitive promo. Now there is not enough people out there right now singing the praises of how fantastic a promo this was. This is next level Jade. This is the one that makes believers out of the uh out of the unfaithful this is it right here everything about this promo she was in control with this is not this is not the jade from eight months ago she is with mark sterling and she is in control of everything eliminating tropes like letting her manager do the talking for her like mark gets in a couple of words but then she grabs the mic back and says, no, this is how this is going. And at some point, she's even like, Mark, give me space. And I'm like, oh, fucking shit. I don't think anyone under... D does anyone grasp how great this was? Because Jade's thing is that she's in control. She's she she's she's uh, a baddie. Like, she, you know, explain the definition of what a baddie is. She has her baddie section. That's fantastic, but... This is what she is. She's in control. She's the master of this division. She's the face of the women's division. She's the champ. And she's telling her manager, the guy who handles her business, a guy, a man, essentially, right? A white dude. She's telling him, dude, give me space. I'm doing my thing. And I'm like, <laughs> and I saw people 
out there saying she doesn't need Mark Sterling anymore. And I say, oh, contraire, mon frere. She continues to need Mark Sterling so that she can treat him like a geek. Exactly like that, because what does it do? It elevates her. And that's what a manager's job is for. It's to put talent over. Now, if Jade is cutting, is cutting these scathing, passionate, full of personality promos like she's doing, and in the meantime, subverting our expectations when it comes to her relationship with her manager. Mwah! This is chef's kiss. This is chef's kiss. This is legendary territory. Amazing promo, just outstanding work, and all the elements were there to make her seem like the biggest star in the world. And that's what Mark Sterling is serving as a purpose right now. He's the he, he's the sniveling, oh, we're doing this kind of thing. And when she tells Sterling it's time for him to move to move back, what does Mark Sterling do? Oh yeah, he moves the fuck back. Brilliant. She's not gonna let anyone tell her what to do. She's gonna take the space that she requires. She's gonna move away, everyone. This is my this is my moment, my time. Fantastic. The subtext, the body language, everything was there. Brilliant. One of the best damn promos I saw. Get a tag team tables match. The Hardys defeated the Butcher and the Blade. Bit of an odd one. It was all right. A little odd. You know, the wrestlers were... I don't think it was super clear. But, you know, we learned it as we were going on. If a wrestler went through a table, he was eliminated. All right, that's fine. That, you know, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Wrestlers can be eliminated. But what does it mean in an ODQ? Like, you, if a wrestler that's been eliminated, if he goes back into the match, you can't get disqualified, so it doesn't really matter. So, ultimately, the rule was... The same wrestler can be put a table. The same wrestler can be put through a table twice. That was the rule ultimately. Fun little spot by Butcher and the Blade where they suplex Matt as they're pulling him, as they're standing like on a barricade. They're crouched on the the thing of the 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 the, the, the top bar of the barricade, and they suplex him from the crowd onto the uh, onto the ringside area where they had set up a table, but Jeff moved the table before they could hit. Then there's a ladder spot by Jeff Hardy. He pulls out a ladder and he does a, a swanton off through tables. Jeff Hardy doing Jeff Hardy stuff. The Andrade family office make their entrance at the after the match. They make their way down the ramp. Sting comes out. Andrade cowers, puts the bunny in front of him as a human shield. You know, heel stuff. No Darby. Just Sting. Okay. We get a couple of quick promos backstage. Christian is mad because he's got, he's pouring water in his eye because he got poked. Jungle Boy cuts a promo. And so does Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose. Doing a little back and forth thing. Setting up a match for Battle of the Belts. <clears throat> and also reaffirming the stance that Vicky Guerrero is useless. 
Plus, we get Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm picking at each other. And I'm like, oh, they're getting... So they're not... We're not wasting any time on this one. We're going straight in. We're, we're, we're not going to... We're, we're, we're not going to build... Tony Khan's like, nah, son, we're doing this now. He knows what he's got on his hands. He knows what the crowd reaction is going to be here. Plus, two extremely talented women. Both extensive uh, 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 wrestling and training in Japan. In stardom, specifically. Let's go. This, this is the one... When Tony Storm was hired, this was the one I was like, this is the match I want, her and Jamie Hayter. Jamie's likely is likely going to lose, but sometimes it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And I'm excited at the prospect of this match. We get an Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament qualifying match where Hikaru Shida defeated Julia Hart. Basically, Julia Hart using dirty tricks in this match to try and win, sending the 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 the, the Pillman and Griff backstage to hit the Bricks boys. She misses a twisted bliss. Sheeta hits the spinning knee and a falcon arrow. She advances in the tournament. Uh, Post match, Serena Deeb tries to 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 knock some Sheeta out with a chair, but Sheeta's ready. The kendo stick. Stalemate. This story is far from over, folks. Shane Strickland, the man called Swerve, he's backstage. They're chatting up his presence at the Grammys. Uh, of course, Strickland is at the Grammys looking like a million dollars. Why? Because he's a superstar. I've been telling y'all this for weeks at this point. This is the guy AEW wants to be their crossover star. Because it works. He works. This is the guy you push. This is the guy you want on the red carpet looking like a million dollars. Anyway, he talks about not having the best week with Keith Lee since last Friday, so on and so forth. They go into a locker room. Well, he goes into a locker room. He gets ambushed by Ricky Starks and, and, and Will Hobbs. But then Keith Lee comes in and and everyone starts brawling until Lee puts Hobbs through a wall. Fantastic. <laughs> I miss these kind of old, old fashions like put up a sheet of drywall here. and I love that shit. Hey, fifth generation Carney Joseph with it. Nice to see you and welcome. And finally, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles and the AAA World Tag Team titles were on the line. FTR, the champs, successfully retained their belts by defeating the Young Bucks in a match that fucking ruled. Just another great Pro wrestling match. Get hype, folks. This is another one that if you haven't seen, you have to you, drop whatever you're doing. Make some time out. You call your you call your your assistant. You say you, you say Cynthia, 
Yes. Cynthia, can uh, clear my schedule? Yes, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. And when Cynthia clears your schedule, you take 20 minutes to watch this fucking match, which was announced by, like Jason, my major in his chat says, that was by Bobby Cruz, ring of honor, ring announcer in the middle of the ring of an AEW ring. Announcing this match. And it's the little things. It's always the little things that make a match show like this so great. Breaking tropes like when Dax gets cornered by the Young Bucks in your corner. Oh, they're going to do the cutoff thing. He drops and rolls under the rolls under the ring, under the ropes. It starts running towards his, uh, towards his corner. The Young Bucks give chase, but Cash is there, and they're like, "All right, let's go." It's great. They brawl in the ring, and everything is pretty even for the first part of the match. You know, then we get stereo sharpshooters by FTR, and the place erupts. Great hot tag interruption by Nick. Right, who super kicks Dax like right in the chin just as Cash is leaning in for a pin. But Dax eventually does get a super hot tag sequence. Gets a pile driver in there. Fantastic patch to the pace to this match. The powerplex gets set up by FTR. Dax hits the superplex, but Cash can't get off the top rope because he gets Ronald by Nick. Nick hits a slingshot X-Factor. Gets brain-bustered by Dax on the floor. Gory bomb by Cash. The big rig is countered by Matt Jackson, who hits a low blow. Then, they hit the big rig. But Cash kicks out on a very, very emotional moment. The Bucks go for more bang for your buck. There's belt shots. The champs are still alive. You get a BTE trigger. They cover Cash's leg, falls onto the bottom rope. Rick knocks, counts three, but he's like, wait, no. In, in a moment of lucidity, where Rick knocks shows a modicum of competency that he's in control of his wrestling match. He goes, no. Foot was on the rope. I discount my pin. We continue the match. Place erupts. Meltzer driver is interrupted. Stereo powerbomb pile driver combo by FTR follows. BTE trigger by the FTR on Matt, who spits at Dax. Hit the big rig. They retain. What a fucking great match. Not even a full week. And FTR put out two classics. What a run. We're spoiled. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, as far as wrestling goes, on television. Every once in a while, this, this is what happens with Dynamite. You, boom, you get sprinkled. You get this, this, this wonderful thing. This match, you're like, how, how is this happening? Just on a, just on a regular Wednesday. God, I love pro wrestling so much. And this is exactly what that was. And I am sick of hearing any slander against the Bucks and their talent. You, 
You want to talk about their outfits? You want to talk about how they're dicks? Ah, that's fine. But I can't take it anymore. The Bucks are too good. FTR are too good. One of the best tag team matches in AEW history happened to us on a Wednesday night. Outstanding stuff. This is the year of FTR. They're rising to the occasion. Dax wanted an opportunity. He wanted a chance. He wanted he he wanted he and Cash to grow to be to cement their legacy. You've been building this for weeks. Well, there you go. They're delivering. They're not only saying they're delivering. Awesome, awesome, awesome shit. And for some reason. We're back with the Usos are better than discourse, right? For some reason, FTR and the Young Bucks pulling out a classic suddenly has to become about the Usos being better than these. Look. The Usos. We're going to are an extremely talented tag team. And we know they are. Why? Because we've seen moments of brilliance from them. We absolutely, 100% have. They work in a company right now that does not value tag team wrestling. That doesn't care about tag team wrestling. So, pray thee, how are the Usos these days supposed to amaze and befuddle us with their amazing skills if they're not given the opportunities, the production, or even the high-caliber tag teams to pull it off? Because let's not forget the very high-produced nature of WWE matches. It doesn't just like, it's not the wrestlers that sit around and come up with stuff. These things are produced. You can do this, you can't do that. This is your time. This is what we need to accomplish. When is the last time? we? I feel like we don't know how good the Usos are or can be. I don't think we do. And proof positive, or at least... Look, maybe not proof positive, but bear with me. As I was seeing all this discourse going around, I dropped into Twitter and I asked my my very knowledgeable timeline and I said, "Look, I don't want to add any oil on the uh, on the uh, any fire any oil on the flames, right? Just tell me when is the last time you saw a truly great Usos match? Keyword great." And I swear, most people told me Hell in a Cell against the New Day. Which is a match from 2017, right? A classic. But that's a long time ago. And people will generally say, well, you know, the Usos and the New Day always have great matches. Sure. Sure they do. Because... Probably the New Day is the only other, like, 
real tag team outfit that they have. Maybe outside the Viking Raiders right now. The Viking Raiders were never given the time of day. On Maine. So I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at all of this. And I don't even know what the point of comparison is. Because I don't know how good the Usos are because I feel that, they, that they're stunted in WWE. I think that because of the nature of tag team wrestling in that company, because of the nature of how matches are produced, I don't know how far the, 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 the Usos are capable of going. I don't think I've seen it. I don't even think they've seen it. I think we've seen hints of brilliance, which is why a lot of people latch onto it. And I myself would easily say, Extremely talented tag team. But as it stands right now, right now in the past five days, I have seen three absolutely mind-blowing tag teams put on classic matches. One match being one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. And the Young Bucks consistently great matches I don't know what to tell you I think the discourse is like most online discourse when it comes to wrestling is kind of skewed and and lacks the big picture and I think the big picture here is that the Usos aren't in a position where they can grow they're not wrestling in a company that allows them to spread their wings You know what I mean? And I think that's a shame. And I think that's where, ultimately, I think that's where the discourse should point. It's like, we haven't seen the best the Usos can give. I really don't. I think they can they can deliver on, on a much higher level that they do. I, I sincerely believe that. Because we've Ooh, seen, yeah. we've seen those little those little nuggets of brilliance from them. I don't know if they ever will. DGMC left us a super chat. Thank you very much, DGMC. He says, the Usos are a tag team, but the Bucks are an act. I think I might follow up with your your, your next point here. It says, it's like comparing a quarterback that can throw... To a quarterback that has been allowed to throw and scramble at a high level. That kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, that kind of makes sense to me. Because you have a look. I think there's one there's one team that's been able to, to, to just shine on so many levels. And one which is a little more utilitarian. And we know Vince doesn't care about tag team wrestling so I think I, you know I think that's a very good comparison DGMC yes thank you thank you very much for the super chat and that folks will wrap up this week's wrestling expression There we go. That's how you kill music. Uh, folks, thank you 
all. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap this up here. I want to thank you all for joining me today on this edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. Uh, and talking about WrestleMania and everything. Hopefully, we'll be able to get more nitty-gritty into news bits and more analysis as the weeks... Uh, as 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 now we get into a little a little more of a rest area period not as you know, everyone's taking a breath after wrestlemania now so next week next week hopefully we'll have more you know less less matches to talk about and maybe more goings on more business stuff i'm excited for that but you know what i enjoyed today's show i hope you enjoyed it as well i had a good time and uh look one last time consider giving a like uh, a subscription if this is the first time that you're here watching on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes or you know a review a like and everything that you can do to show some love over on your favorite podcast application that is also great as well thank you everyone for joining me live tonight thank you everyone for listening whenever you are hope you have a great rest of your week and a great weekend see you next time